Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Jason Moore, welcome back to the Duocast, my friend. Thanks for inviting me back, Brian. I appreciate it. So we're here to recap Tommy Chong. What'd you think? Right on. Man, I thought it was a great interview, Brian. It's uh, it's so cool. You know, one of our listeners, um, Diane from New York, stated on Facebook that you did a good job corralling Tommy and keeping it from going sideways. And <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with her. I totally agree. He's not your average interview. You know, he's he's something special when it comes to his storytelling and making it funny and just delivering it in such a way that you just can't help but laugh, you know? And I just love how laid back he is and how he has this ability to look back on the past, which wasn't always so good for Cheech and Chong and definitely not great for Tommy. Uh, You know, there's some darkness there and there's some pain in there as well. You can tell, but Tommy has a very laid back Zen sort of approach to it. And it seems to be he seems to be in a happier place in his life as he rolls through his 80s now, right? He's like 83. Yeah, he's definitely getting up there. And to be in your early 80s and be that articulate and focused and uh, lucid yeah. to be able to recall all of those stories and to have a sense of humor about things that, like you're saying, are painful chapters in his life. Uh, he really has a nice perspective. And I know that we had to cut it short. We had to chop that audio only version down by about 15 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. Folks that want to listen to a more expansive discussion with Tommy, check out the YouTube version. We talk about religion and spirituality and politics and Trump. Mm -hmm. And he has some interesting comments about Trump that I don't think you would expect coming from a guy like Tommy. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good conversation. And I appreciate Diane's comment about (laughs) being able to corral him because He does have a tendency to digress and take frolics and detours, as I call them, toward subjects that, you know, his mind takes him in that direction. And you kind of have to, uh, like a a bucking bronco, you just have to hold on and and wait and (laughs) see where it goes. Uh, Hopefully, you don't fall off on the way. That's right. No, he really did have a very, uh, you know, interesting perspective. And I just appreciate Tommy. And I'm glad that you were able to sit down with him for this interview. It was, a, it was a blast. It really was. I, I did not expect the interview to go that long and to have him basically be like, hey, uh, if we're not done, you know, call me again. Let's keep the conversation going. <laughs> Let's keep the conversation going. Yeah. This is a guy that loves to tell stories. He loves to talk about his life story and not even just his life story. It's not really coming from a place of ego. I think this is a guy that just really enjoys connecting with other people yeah, and having deep conversations about all kinds of topics that you don't get to hear in short form conversations. So thank you, Tommy Chong, for being on the show. Absolutely. I hope we can uh, catch up with him again. Maybe we should talk to Cheech next. Yes, let's do it. So some sad news, Jason. I'm sure you saw that uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top passed away. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Tell me about your connection to ZZ Top, what your frame of reference is for that band. Well, yeah, this was definitely another hard one to take. I mean, we're we're starting to lose our legends. We're starting to lose our best musicians in the world, you know, in rock and roll. And I mean, 
Dusty was one of those legends that I think was a very important part of the rock and blues scene and has been for about 50 years or more. I remember hearing ZZ Top on the radio long before they got really famous with their album Eliminator, Mm. which was like um, 1983, I think. Right. And, you know, it it was the album that had all the hits. It had Legs. It had Sharp Dressed Man. Uh, and my personal favorite TV dinners, mm-hmm. which, uh, is kind of a, kind of a silly song, but you know, they got really famous. They had the videos with the hot girls in the car and the really cool 33 Ford coupe that they drove around in. But, you know, for me, it goes way back. It goes to like the early to mid seventies with, you know, songs like LaGrange and Tush and, you know, the really bluesy stuff like Jesus just left Chicago. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite songs. You know, their first three or four albums are absolutely amazing to me. And you, you know me, I love some good blues and rock. And um, I mean, ZZ Top, just as a trio, I mean, was a perfect combo of that. And um, Dusty provided a nice rhythmic bass line with the uh, drummer Frank Beard, who ironically does not have a beard. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the other two, it was funny because the other two had these big, long beards. And then their drummer, Frank Beard, has a mustache. So, right figure that one out you know you watched that documentary right that zz top documentary a while back i don't think i have i don't think i have oh man you got to check it out there's one on netflix it might be on amazon too but i know it's on netflix well i'll definitely check it out you know i i've got to i got to see what what that's all about i've seen them live before in videos on uh youtube there's like them at rock palast and back in like 1980 Mm -hmm. playing some really cool songs and man they're just they were just really solid i mean that rhythm section really laid a, a good platform down for uh, Billy Gibbons to just kind of go off and play some guitar, do some slide guitar. And, and also Dusty sang a number of their tunes on all their albums as well. So man, rest in peace, Dusty. You, you know, you're going to be remembered as a true rock legend for sure. Well, I can always count on you for anything blues related in terms of blues history, blues bands, mm. rock <laughs> trios, and you're just an encyclopedic resource for me on that. So I didn't know that Dusty Hill sang. Actually, I thought he was just the bass player. Oh, yeah. They, there's a few songs that he sings, uh, and there's a couple of songs on, like if you go and listen to Eliminator, they trade back and forth on, on the song called Under Pressure. Hmm. Okay. So they're, they're kind of trading off vocals. Same thing with the song called Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers. Hmm. They take turns. It's kind of a call and return back and forth between the two. And the, just really good. That, that old stuff to me is my favorite. They kind of went in a weird direction, I think, after eliminator came out because they got really really famous and sold a lot of records and so they thought well let's go with that formula for a couple of albums and i think they did an album what was the one after that i can't even remember what it was that had like sleeping bag and a couple other songs on it they're just silly songs to me i just thought that there was all too too synthy and too you know drum machiney and you know i like the old kind of roots rock and roll stuff that they did right yeah i i feel the same way about rush you know, there's these legendary, iconic rock trios. Mm-hmm. They have these huge hits, and then they, for some reason, decide that they need to do something different and reinvent themselves. And right. it's almost never as good as the original sound that they had. But, you know, I think it's important to expand your approach to how you play, how you perform, how you create. And sometimes you just need to experiment and hit and miss. So. That's just the nature of art. Yep. That's pretty much every band goes through it. You know, you either adapt and evolve or you just kind of fall away. And I think that if, if ZZ Top would have stuck to the, the way they, 
you know, the original way they wrote their music and played it the way they played it in the 70s, I don't think that they would have made as big of an impact as they would have with Eliminator, with the MTV and with the, you know, all the radio play for, I think there's like five hits off that record, at least. Mm-hmm. I like it. I do. I, I like it. I, even though it's got a little bit of, it's kind of going in a synth direction, you can kind of feel it and you can kind of tell that they're using a little bit of a drum machine and some electronic drums, but it's still good rock and roll. My frame of reference for ZZ Top is like a really tight, clean trio that was almost robotic in how perfect their rhythm was and how clean that sound was. Mm -hmm. And the beat was just this very rhythmic beat and blues vibe and funny lyrics and also funny music videos. Yeah. And so a lot of, a lot of charisma. And I appreciated that because there was no other band like them. No, man, you know, that is, you know, and it's just sad, you know, we're, they're all getting old. We're all getting old. Eventually we've got to get to that point, but you know, it's just sad when you start losing the good ones. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of good ones, Charlie Watts. That's right. Charlie Watts has stepped out of the Rolling Stones tour. He is of course the drummer, longtime drummer yep. for the Rolling Stones. I think he's been their drummer since 1963 Yep, and at the age of 80. He pulled out of this tour and you, you got to wonder how a drummer can, you, you know, last an entire rock concert, let alone an entire world tour. Right. At the age of 80. Yeah. I mean, 80 years old. What, a, this is really impressive that he made it that long in the first place, but wishing the best for Charlie. I don't know what's going on with him medically, but it's always kind of jarring to either, you know, lose somebody like Dusty or see the downfall medically of someone like Charlie Watts for the Rolling Stones. It really makes you look at mortality issues for yourself and mm -hmm. for other rock legends. And it's kind of a wake-up call. Indeed. Yeah. Um, you know, well, that's a long haul. I mean, my God, that band, that rock band, that's the, the perfect example of like true longevity. You know, I don't think they ever broke up. Right. In terms of, you know, some bands will split up, they'll reform with different members. And they've they've kind of done that over the years. like. You know, Bill Wyman, their bass player, pulled out a couple decades ago. He hasn't been with them for a very long time. They've had some hardships along the way and have managed to basically skip over them and keep going. I mean, Keith Richards was a heroin addict for a long time and still played. It's never stopped him. Yeah. It's never stopped the band. It was pretty impressive. Doctors are probably studying Keith Richards. He's kind of a <laughs> medical marvel. Yeah. How is he still standing upright, let alone... Going on a world <laughs> tour with the Rolling Stones. You know, with somebody like Keith Richards, I I joke about it, that he really did sell his soul to the devil, and now he's a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> he's done something. And whatever that secret is, I want to get a little piece of it, because it's pretty amazing. No kidding. Yeah. not sure. I'm not sure I want to look like him when I'm that age. No. I mean, he's no. about as wrinkly as you can get. No. I, but uh, to, just to be alive and kicking and being that vibrant is pretty cool. Yeah. Man, I hope uh, um, Charlie Watts gets better. I hope he can recover and maybe do one last tour. Well, one last reference to a music legend. I know we talked about Sir Paul McCartney mm -hmm. and the Hulu series with him and Rick Rubin. And I just wanted to let you know, last night I finished that Hulu series, the last three episodes. Nice. And it was a really nice, accessible, easy watch, just 30-minute episodes. And I came away with a brand new appreciation 
for the Beatles. Nice. So I think I'm going to start listening to some of their albums. I recommend it. I recommend it. And, you know, the way I like to do it is chronologically. So if you start with the first album and go to the last album, you'll really see the transformation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when they, when they started off with Please Please Me album, they were kids. And, you know, fast forward to, you know, Let It Be when they were in their 30s, early 30s. It's a major shift in, in the way they wrote songs, the way, the way they recorded the music. And just their overall sound, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of got away from the old style and morphed into this, I, you know, I can't even explain it, just this very influential force in music in the mid-60s. So, it was a great series. Did you get the impression that it wasn't done? Like, it seemed like maybe there's more to come? You know- Or did it feel I, final? It, it didn't really feel like there was more to come, but it also didn't feel final. It, it just felt like they probably could have kept going for- hours and hours and hours more of, of episodes. Right. Because shit, it's the Beatles and wings, you know, it's, it's Paul McCartney. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, th- I think they just decided that that was enough. It was a nice little peek into the world and the mind of Paul McCartney. And I thought it was fantastic to get that perspective on how these songs came together. And sometimes there was intentionality there that they really put thought into how a certain song would go together. And other times it was more organic and just kind of flowed. And I think Rick Rubin was the one overthinking it. Mm. Like, what about this? What about that sound? Right. And Sir Paul would be, well, you know, actually we didn't really think about that or something. Yeah. You know, that type of response where you realize these are just kids. Right. That are, you know, musical geniuses or at least budding musical geniuses oh yeah who through luck and through hard work and talent happened to you know there's this alchemy that occurred and i think this alchemy occurs when you have the right mix of ingredients of personalities and of course the juxtaposition between paul mccartney and john lennon and how different those two were yeah how they complemented each other and how they just took turns without ego writing songs and being the front man on a particular song, that is a really special mix of folks. And uh, you just don't see that happening very often. And in fact, I, I would argue that there are probably less than 10 bands on the planet in the history of rock and roll that w- were working together in that magical way. That's true. I believe you're right. You know, maybe Led Zeppelin, God, I don't know. I mean, th- there's so many there were so many bands that came out of the, the late 60s, early 70s that just had such big hits. And then, you know, all of them influenced by the Beatles, of course. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, it's really hard to find that chemistry with somebody and have the same four group of, you know, the, the group of four guys that all kind of stuck it out and created this magical music. Yeah. Any of them could have left at any time, said, screw it, I'm done. And they, they didn't. And I'm glad they didn't. So, Jason, we have coming up next Mm -hmm. three interviews, and we still are trying to figure out how to launch these three interviews because I don't think we've ever done this before, but we have interviewed three people who are all part of the same movie. We have the writer-director, lead actor, Carson Mell from the series Silicon Valley. He was the story editor and writer on many episodes for the HBO series Silicon Valley. Mm. He wrote a screenplay and acted and directed in this movie called Some of Our Stallions, right. which is now streaming where, wherever you watch movies. Yeah. And the other two leads in that film are Olivia Taylor Dudley and Al D. 
And I interviewed all three of them over the course of two days. And I, I really enjoyed talking to all of them about this movie, which is really special and fun. And I'm hoping that by the time that these interviews launch, you're able to watch the film too. So maybe during the recap, we can talk about it. Okay. Those episodes are coming up and I think we're still in discussions about whether these are going to be launched in the same week, maybe a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or maybe over the course of two weeks. But yeah, really uh, looking forward to sharing these interviews with my listeners and seeing what they think of not only these stories that they share about their artistic journeys, but also the film itself, some of our stallions, which I highly recommend checking out. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to putting this all together. And um, I think that we talked about possibly doing like a Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday on that, but I'm not sure. We'll, we'll figure it out. You know, as usual, it won't disappoint. Yeah. Well, my friend, I have one last thing to bring up. Okay. It's a grievance I have with you. Oh, okay. Um, I want my base back. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it by. <laughs> I'll bring it back. I want to slap the base. You want to slap it to be off, man? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe this weekend sometime we can get together and, and exchange something. Like I, I'll give you something in return. I don't know if there's a, another instrument in my collection that you want to borrow, but no, um, no I don't want I, you to feel that. I, I just don't want you to feel the heavy loss of you know a base in your <laughs> your music room. So, well, I have a base. I have a Univox. It's like a 65. Yeah. Semi hollow that I can use. Oh, okay. But it just doesn't have, I mean, you know, there's something about it. It's got more of a thumpy kind of sound, like a Paul McCartney sound, basically, on the early Beatles. It kind of has that sound. Mm -hmm. But the Paul Reed Smith has a much more, I think, solid, it's a much heavier sounding, clean sounding, too. You can get a really clean sound out of it. Right. So, yeah, I'll bring it, I'll bring it back by for sure. Right on, brother. Well, you know, I'm just joking about wanting it back. I mean, you can keep it for another few weeks if you want, but at some point, I do <laughs> okay. want to slap the base. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, it is yours. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I kind of forgot whether it was mine or not. <laughs> no. All right, man. Okay. Have a great weekend. You too, Brian. Hey, thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I have a favor to ask. Can you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at DreamPathPod. And as always, go find your dream path.